Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Secrets from Saddle All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie Dow. And here we have another race organizer, part of our race series, helping everybody, uh, sorry, I guess in the United States and Canada, find some amazing gravel, mountain bike, and road cycling races to attend this year. Because I know that a lot of people were getting on their gravel bikes and bikes in general and are looking for fun events to attend. So Dale Ludberg, Lundberg, right? Lundberg. Lundberg, I think I had it right the first time, is a race organizer of Fast Fitty, I love that, Fast Fitty, a gravel road race, and Custer's Last Stand Mountain Bike Time Trial. So we're going to, we have him here, and he's going to tell us all about it. Welcome, Dale, to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Happy Friday. Oh yeah, I know. Happy Friday. Woohoo. Now, first question is how did you get into cycling yourself and how did it lead you to become an event organizer in where are you located? Are you in Michigan standing, as well? Yeah, standing in Battle Creek, Michigan. Uh serial, well, not right serial now. City He's USA. actually in Costa Rica. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Palm yeah. trees and oceans never like 12 months out of the year, I'm good. Yeah, I can yeah. have that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So how did you get into it? So I'll take you back to like 1997. I could take you back farther, I but know. I'll take you back to 1997. <laughs> and I, um, <laughs> yeah, the, you see the everybody sees the, gray I know the we're both, I'm pretty sure like, we're probably oh, around the same age. <laughs> probably take you back to the late sixties. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> So you go back to like 1997 and I was born and raised in the upper peninsula of Michigan in the UP. Um, and I had moved down to Kalamazoo, Michigan, which is not too far from where I live now. It's only like 25 miles to the West of where I am now to attend Western Michigan university and for college, uh, to, to, to complete my bachelor's. And one of the things I needed to do was find a job. I uh, just kind of, a, I was raised by blue, blue collar parents. Um, mm -hmm. They raised me well to kind of earn your way to appreciate the value of hard work. And, um, and I needed a job and I went to uh, what was then breakaway bicycles in Portage, Michigan and Portage is like butts right up to Kalamazoo. Um, and I walked into that bike store and there's a track dealership and specialized in Cannondale. And they had probably, I don't know, it was a decent sized bike stores, the picture that I'm trying to draw in everybody's mind. Yeah. Um, and I walked in there and I got a job as a sales associate Ooh. and, you know, through the natural course of just being around bike enthusiast enthusiasts every day, mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was a mountain bike enthusiast before I walked into that bike shop, to be very honest with you. I mean, I love, love riding trails, but I had never kind of donned, you know, the bibs and the jersey and shaved my legs and rode a road bike before. <laughs> that was 25 years ago. I've shaved my legs plenty of times, you know, <laughs> since then and put on a bib all the time. So, you know, those guys, you know, too many of them to mention, they introduced me to road cycling riding in an, in a, in a pace line and just mm-hmm. the appreciation for just riding pavement going out and just, you know, riding as a group, riding hard, riding mellow. And so it's like I say, 1997, the last 25 years is really kind of my, uh, timeline for, for biking. Yeah. Kind of sounds about right for me. I started in 2000. Okay. And, uh, well, you know, maybe the same, yeah. 2000 with mountain biking. Then I went to road cycling, road cycling, racing, and then now about to back to mountain and to gravel. So yeah, that's about a 20 year timeline right across there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did it, how did you decide to, cause is, are these events your main gig? They <laughs> yeah. are. Yeah. I mean, oh. our, so f- um, I, oh no, 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 no. I misinterpreted. Let's clarify. I think I misinterpreted the question. Yeah. Not your main paying gig. I do not. This is not a paying gig for me at all. No. And I love it that way. But no, Mm -hmm. this is completely Fast Fitty and Custer's Last Stand prior to Fast Fitty uh, have been run through Join the Fight, a nonprofit. And the mission, you know, the mission, we'll get right into it. The mission of Join the Fight is, uh, is centered around human and sex trafficking on the rehabilitation side. So there's a lot of great work that's happening on the prevention side, you know, things to look out for, you know, awareness training, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, they, they train medical facilities, hospitals, truck drivers. I mean, there's a lot of that, but when we founded the, uh, the, the nonprofit in 2019, even though the races started in 2018, and I can explain that, um, we had found that the rehabilitation side was lacking. So you get rescued out of that lifestyle, you're able to escape or whatever. What does it look then, like to re-enter then? life yeah. as you knew it? And so we've come across uh, the House of Promise in Lansing, Michigan, mm. founded by Sherry Montgomery. Totally gonna, you know, shout out to her. She's a wonderful woman. Um, she uh, she had a very successful, uh, and I'm gonna be very careful with um, what I disclose right. because if I don't yeah. have facts, I'm just not going to embellish, mm-hmm. but I know that she was a successful business owner um, prior. And then she felt the calling on her life to, to sell that business, to buy this house and to kind of enter into this oh, wow. um, uh, life of really helping women of all ages, um, you know, get, get the, I guess, basically the full scale love healing, you know, social counseling, everything that you need to kind of, get to a point where you can go live back on your own. And that even includes education. And so um, my wife and I have not been impacted in any way. Just I'm anticipating either people that might listen to this or wondering, or I might be asked, have you been impacted? We haven't, thank God. I mean, it just, but it's just something that um, my wife and I back in 2011 in a living in a different town, um, had an opportunity through the youth group that we were working with to put on a 5k running race in the town that we were living in. And it, the youth group kids were the ones that wanted to do it, but they wanted the parents to get behind them and kind of be hands and feet and, you know, partners with them. 
and we we they wanted that money to go to human and sex trafficking missionaries in Thailand. And so that's kind oh. of where the human and sex trafficking education came into our existence. Like we did not know from a global scale and even right. in a in a local mm -hmm. regional scale how bad it really was. Um, and so fast forward from 2011, we've moved from that town to we actually lived in the town. Uh, John Mosey, uh, is, if I'm saying his name right, yeah, it's either yeah, yeah. Mosey or Mosley. Jackson. We were living in Jackson. And it's unfortunate. John and I never got a chance to cross paths back then. We didn't know, you know, didn't know of each yeah. other, but living over there, uh, then moved to Battle Creek and, um, it's 2017, probably November. Um, and I just felt like, you know, from a personal, uh, from a personal faith perspective, I'm, I'm just going to say I'm Christian and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I just really felt like there was a calling on my life to start a mountain bike race. And my wife, when I told my wife, I said, mute the TV, brace yourself. I said, <laughs> I, said I really feel like, I really feel like we were just asked. I feel like God just called us to start a mountain bike race. And she didn't even hesitate. She goes, well, we'll give the money to human trafficking survivors. And we just, it's been off and running since then. It really has. That's and, amazing. Um, yeah, go ahead. I've been saying a lot. No, no, no. It's, it's about you. And we want to hear uh, like personally, um, I know we're talking about, you know, events and cycling or anything, but I think this is really important to maybe talk more about the the sex trafficking that, but just because I'm like interested. Um, yeah. And, um, and for myself that uh, I started, a, I started a woman's gravel race last year. And I was like, you know, where can I tag in like a, um, a charity organization? So I'm, I'm in the process of finding out what organizations are locally, because I would like to help locally, obviously. I know that there's a woman's shelter. Yeah. That it's, it's a private place, like not, nobody really knows where it is for reasons, for those reasons. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm thinking that that might be my key charity. Um to help, you know, put some of the money towards, towards that, that's locally. But when you're talking about the sex trafficking and you talk about Thailand, does it go to Thailand or does it stay locally to, you said it stays locally to help women rehabilitate back into society? Well said. Yeah. Let me, let me clarify. Um, the Thailand comment was yeah. from 2011, the running race. Um, oh, we had had okay. a, we had had a missionary come through from Thailand oh, okay. and he spoke at the church. He spoke at the, at the youth group mm -hmm. and it just really, it, I think the, the youth group aged, uh, not grades nine through 12 females in particular, mm -hmm. even though everybody got involved that they were really, I think they felt touched. Like this could be me. Like there's yeah. girls my age that are just living an atrocious life, like parents selling them as uh, possession. Yeah. And I don't, you know, that was, I felt like the, the extreme, I think back home here, what I've learned is it's a little different. I don't necessarily, you know, I don't think we're talking about selling children. Um, but certainly there's a lot that I think goes undetected. Um, mm. I have, I, I wanted to grab just a couple, I mean, it's just a couple of things because statistics are very, very blurry. Right. And the reason statistics are blurry 
is because a majority of uh, cases are not reported. So it's yeah. like, if you say, well, five out of 10 girls, I don't know that you can believe that because, right. uh, you I know, there's so many that don't report it, but I can say that statistics would say that the average age of a trafficked female is 12 years old and yeah. about six out of 10 of the reported cases, they're trafficked by someone that they trust, they know, yeah. they love. Mm-hmm. And so, so to finish the clarification comment, uh, the House of Promise that Sherry Montgomery founded in Lansing, Michigan, Lansing's the state capital. She's about an hour from here. Uh, that's an actual house, a rehabilitation. I, I don't want to say rehabilitation facility. I think it draws the wrong picture. Just picture a very, very big, beautiful home with a big front porch and, and lots of, and it's a two story. It's a big home. Yeah, it's, Six, a, it's think, a safety yeah. house kind of. Safety house, yes. Yeah. I've been in it multiple times beautiful furnishings. There's the security that you would expect um, in, a, in, in a home like that and 24 uh, seven monitoring with a, with a um, I'd, I don't know what to refer to the person, but they have a woman there that is uh, around the clock in three shifts, just making yeah. sure that they can be there for the women that they, if they have, you know, they need to talk, they need to, what, they're there. And it's a, it's, it's a great organization. Um, and if I can brag for a second, because yeah, I, go ahead. Sure I don't forget. So uh, you know, <laughs> we gave 2021, which was last year, we gave the House of Promise $13,000. And this year we gave $11,750. Um, would have awesome. would have exceeded 13,000, but there was, uh, and I explained this with Sherry when we were talking, <laughs> there's some operational things we needed to do as the organization. And, and she said, you got to invest in yourself so that. You oh yeah. Grow. You got to take care of, you know, yeah. 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 You guys pay the expenses first. That's for sure. Is this going to cost me anything? No. Who do I make the <laughs> check out to? <laughs> well, I am out here promoting your event, which is yeah. going to bring in registrations, which is going to increase your funds that you're going to be able to uh, hand over to the, the organization. So yeah. tell us about your Fast and Fitty or Fast Fitty. Fitty. Yeah, I love it. So how so, did you get the name? Yeah, it, was, it didn't have a name. Um, I know it's like for a little while and uh, it uh, so let me let me let me tell you the the full story because I want to make sure that people that are near and dear to me get credit where it's due Uh so the first thing is let's go back to uh, sometime pre-COVID if if we can do that yeah sometime 2019 pre-COVID Let's say, let's say it's summertime here in Michigan. So let's say it's June, July, August of 2019. And it's like one o'clock in the morning and I can't sleep. My wife is sleeping peacefully. So I remember getting, I I mean, I remember getting up out of bed and I went downstairs and I sat on our sectional and I know I had my, my laptop in my hand and I could not get the thought of a gravel road race out of my head. And I didn't know why. And it wasn't alarming. It wasn't scary. But I was like, I mean, what is this? What's the deal? And um, and that night, one, two o'clock in the morning, I remember I was looking on Google and I actually found a website 
believe it or not. I, easy to believe, I, I would say. Uh, <laughs> they have a gravel, they have a, a gravel, uh, excuse me, they have a map of the United States where oh. you can pick a state, zoom into a county, and it'll highlight in like neon green every gravel road within that county. Oh. Apart from. Oh, yeah. I think so I've heard I think of this. Other race director, I mean, people that might be inspired to do that. I mean, I, I was thinking to myself, you know, Dale, it's 2019. You shouldn't be surprised that this exists. I was like, it's ever, look, I was like, so here's They're everywhere. Right. There's lots of, Mich or there's lots of gravel road races back in 2019 uh, in Michigan. And so what I start to do is put plot points on this map. And I'm like, well, where do the other races exist? Because oh. I don't want to go and basically use somebody yeah. else's course created you know a, a technically a different race different name different benefactor but really you're like i think i'm riding the same courses such and such right so i was looking and i was like this county in michigan eaton excuse me uh, eaton county um is about it's just 15 miles from lansing and so it's in a town called charlotte not to be confused with Charlotte, North Carolina, with that Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte. And I looked and uh, I found out they had like 500 miles of gravel road that the road commission maintains every year. They grade wow. them, they fill them in, they do bridge work, they do. Because like, usually like a lot of these roads are just our main traffic roads yeah. for population. Yeah, right. Travel. A lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people. They're, a lot they're of not residents. like um, paved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I said, Charlotte, there's something here. And then that's when I reached out to my friend, Alan, and he goes by Al. And wow. I said, hey, and now you got to remember, or you don't have to remember, you have to know, because I'm saying it for the first time, Alan is a major gravel racer, lots mm -hmm. and lot, does lots of gravel races, usually does What's the Alan's ultra distance. Last name? I do. Okay. So Al, don't get mad. Al Wheeler. Al Wheeler. Mm -hmm. That's so, funny you know, because my my uh, my mom's mom is a Wheeler. See how small the world is. <laughs> we're probably yeah, related. Seriously. Yeah, I'm I not, wonder if we're I'm related. A... <laughs> That'd be crazy. So my grandma is a Wheeler. That's awesome. So I'll give you an example, Sylvie. I know that you're going to do very Roubaix this year. So yeah. there was a there was a time and a place when and I and I don't mean to to speak in, in detail like I'm involved in that race, but there was a time and a place when they didn't have the hundred mile cycle killer. Mm -hmm. You know, it just it it they had the um, the sixty two mile course and the thirty six mile course, but so I think I think I want to choose my words carefully. I think Al had a pretty decent involvement in creating that hundred mile course and then raced it. So right. that's why I went to Al and I said, Al, and Al knows me, you know, Al mm -hmm. knows me. So he knows Custer's last stand. He's raced Custer's last stand at the time of the conversation that I'm going to refer to right now. Mm -hmm. And I said, Al, I can't get this gravel road race thing out of my head. And do you know what he says to me? Don't worry. It's a rhetorical question. He says, I've been thinking to myself for a while. I, I wanted to start a gravel road race. And I don't even know where to begin. He goes, I have no, it's so overwhelming. He goes, I just want to give people a date, a time and a location. Everybody show up and we'll just go ride. And then we'll have food and beer after. And I was like, that would work too. <laughs> I was like, that would, that's actually <laughs> sounds Definitely a lot easier part. than what I have to do and what other RDs have to do. 
And so he said, this is fantastic. Uh, in a, in like a, um, our relationship like had formed to a newer, deeper level. And he was like, I was like, Hey, I said, how, I said, can you go out and ride and, and put together two courses, 50 miler and a 30 miler. Can you do that for me? He said, give me a week. That's what he said. Oh. And it was November in Michigan. Oh. He's like, give me a week. He went out and he rode. He, he sent me the Strava map and he goes, mm -hmm. I don't know about this one. He goes, you know, I'm gonna, I might tweak it a little bit. And he rode the, what is the fast bitty and it didn't have a name. And I looked at the course, I looked at the elevation, I looked at his time and it's, he's not racing it and it's in November and it's cold. And I was like, <laughs> that's a, and I said that, I said, that's a fast 50 mile course. I said that to myself. I said, that's a fast 50 mile compared to other times that you would see other 50 mile race courses uh -huh. results, you know, from other 50 milers. And then all of a sudden I saw that double F from the Foo Fighters on all their albums. <laughs> and I said, fast 50, fast 50. I was like, that's awesome. 50 is lame. Fast bitty. It's a yeah, fast bitty. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to have a hard time explaining this to lots of people, but at least I get it. I mean, at least I can sell myself on it. Fast bitty and that, and fast bitty was born. And then I think you can see yeah. the double F logo right there inside of yeah. the gear and uh, the chain inside of the F. It's That's how fast bitty got its name. And that's how... Um, we got what is, so then we had the fast fitty course named and now what am I going to do with the 36 mile course? And it doesn't have a name. And so fast I'm trying 36. to think exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I got to come up with a name and it can't be too lame, you know, and I should have actually, you look back at hindsight, I'm like, man, should have put out like a, an opportunity for people to like win like a lifetime free registration for like giving me the best name, you know, or whatever made it, made yeah. it, made it interesting. But anyway, I said fast fitty. So it's got the length. It's got the word fast. So then the 36 miler became the speedy and, uh, I don't the know. The speedy so 50 fitty. No, it's the speedy. It's 36 oh, it's just miles. The speedy. Yeah. And then I, then I was like, and I did the, and I felt like I, if I look back, decisions made mistakes made i think and but also things that i've done well i think launching the race with the 54 mile distance and the 36 mile distance was good i think those yeah. were those were good but it did if you think about it that did discourage a lot of gravel racers who don't want to do 36 miles and 1700 feet elevation it's like, can you, can you give me something that's 20 miles with a thousand feet or 800 feet of climbing? <laughs> so I can get in, I can get into this and I can be a part of it, but that you're not making it such a horrible, you know, uh, experience for me that I just want to go to my car, drive away and never talk to you again. So then we, we got the shorty. So we have the speedy and the shorty to accompany the, the fast fitty. And the shorty is like 19 miles and it's like 700 feet of climbing. And it's, it's gaining popularity because it's got a, a little bit more pavement in it than um, the other. It's two a beginner rate, uh, course. Yeah. And you want people to start. It's just like, it's just like triathlons, like start with the, you know, the, the short distances, the try a try, you know, and then you like it, it works for you move up distances. And so before you know it in a couple of five years, they're doing the fast fitty. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's good to give them that progression, I find, mm -hmm. um, for people who want to, you want to start and just try it. And maybe they don't have the best bike either. You know what I mean? Like, ask so. me what I'm riding on a gravel. 
Ask me. Please. Don't tell me you're on a fixie. Are you on a fixie? What are you? What are you? What are you writing? I appreciate the question. Thank you. <laughs> I was hoping you'd ask me. Thanks for asking. No. So I got a bunch of. I mean, like any bike enthusiast, I got bikes hanging in the garage. But my gravel bike is a 1998 Redline. It's a cyclocross bike. It's not a gravel bike. It's still a cyclocross bike. I think they're like the same thing, except for the handlebars. Well, that's fair. That's a fair statement. Um, I think through the natural course of the 20 plus years, they've changed a little bit with the geometry of the frames. And obviously this is a, a aluminum frame. It's, but anyway, um, it's an eight speed drivetrain. It's got basic Shimano 105 Grupo on it. I've had to swap out some stuff because it literally just stopped, which is, that's such a great story. You're like my front, you know, my STI shifters stopped working because they shifted so much. They just were like, game over dude so i've had to put new and you can still get eight speed stuff from shimano so yeah i mean i do i've gone full carbon on on multiple other bikes but my gravel bike is um i it, let me take you back to breakaway bikes in 1997 where this conversation started is that where you got the bike yeah in 1997 first... from a production or from a manufacturing perspective bianchi and redline were the only two bike manufacturers making cyclocross bikes that's it Think about that. Think about, yeah. I want to buy a gravel bike or I want to buy a cyclocross bike to do cyclocross races because cyclocross racing over, if I drive anywhere from 30 to 60 miles from my house, I can do a half a dozen to a dozen different cyclocross races. But not 20 races years season. ago. Uh, 20 years ago, there was one series like that one existed. Series. Yeah, yeah, that had like five or six races. And I think most people just did all of them because they yeah, were kind they, of all, like they're yeah. all over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I, I looked at the Bianchi and I was a college student and I was graduating and I had a lot of debt and I didn't mm. necessarily have a job. So I, I went with the I went with the red line because it was like four hundred dollars less than the Bianchi. <laughs> so the Bianchi call it, you know, that Bianchi green blue is just like mm -hmm. it's not for everybody. But for me, that's like such a beautiful uh, paint scheme. But I so I got this white, red and black It's still hanging in my garage. I was still I was just out on the fast fitty course back in October riding it thing weighs a thousand pounds i don't care yeah. <laughs> actually yeah. you know what come to think of it i have my my first well this is two years ago when i was i was like i could i couldn't afford a gravel bike like there were like four thousand dollars like right. if you want to get a good one so i went to a, vert, a vintage bike store and they take in all these old steel frames and they refurbish them and they put on newer uh, components and they resell them. And so when I went in there, he's like, I have a Bianchi mountain bike that I can change up to be a gravel bike for you for like a thousand dollars. I was like, okay. So he put together, like, it's got these crazy race tires on and but the I have bar and shifters on it nice nice and and it's like and I I use that Barry Roubaix last year that That's was the awesome. first one and um and it's comfortable and uh I was just like and usually I'm down my bars because it just doesn't feel comfortable on the top and so I'm just shifting down there anyways and so many people are like, oh, my God, I like your bike. I'm like, it's like all these guys. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that is so cool. That is so cool. Yeah. And I, you know, like I did like the 100K and I did it in five hours on that bike. And <clears throat> um, 
it was brilliant. And yeah. what did you think of going to, you know, uh, uh, probably Bay? there was probably 4,000 plus racers that day and maybe 10,000 people in a very small town in Michigan. What'd you think well, of the whole experience? It, like the racers were there. It snowed the night before Sweet. it was minus five. <laughs> I... Um, <laughs> and I, I had dressed appropriately. I brought my full Gore-Tex. Like I had heat warmers in my shoes and my nice. gloves. And I was just like, I don't care. I want to be comfortable. I am not like going in my little thin jacket like some of these guys. I'm like, I don't get it. Like I've got 100K. That's like four hours plus. I'm like, anything could happen. Between... <laughs> I'm like, I just want to finish this happy. And, and I did. Nice. And uh, so, but I was inspired last year when I interviewed Matt um, on my podcast. At the same time, I was interviewing Mark of Coast to Coast. And so we're there together because Matt was helping Mark. And and then I was like, and what do you do, Mark, Matt? And he's like, oh, I do bury. I'm like, oh, my God, I've heard of that race. I go, I have to talk to you, too. <laughs> he's and a, so, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so I got inspired, and um, now uh, I've talked to a lot of you guys in Michigan, and I've I need to take the time because I like I don't mind driving to a good race, but I know I need to map it out because Michigan isn't that close. Well, his his race is like a ten hour drive, so if there's Ooh, okay events closer to me, I'm near Montreal. Okay. So I'm more like the New York state border, Vermont, like New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, and I would have to go through New York state to get to Michigan. I'm not sure if there's another state in between there. I think it's New York. Border New York and a little bit of Ohio and then Michigan. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, so there's so many there. Um, I would love to take a moment just to map out where everybody is located sure and um because i said like i know there's gravel races here but they're kind of few and far between and and i personally based on my experience last year like the whole vibe of the american racing is just crazy i love it like i love you know like it's just it draws me over there and um so but you know, I want to create an event here that mirrors what you guys are doing over there. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, like, I just want to do that over here. And and I love the way you guys uh, put them together. I love your vibes. I love, like, the, you know, just the enthusiasm of how these come together. Like, the charity involvements, like, all these things are really, really so... great. If we were to just from a calendar race calendar perspective, not having talked to anybody, if you just looked at a race calendar, I would hope that you, me and anybody else would go bike racing in Michigan is alive and well and thriving. Wow. It did not used to be that way 10 years ago. You would look at a calendar and you'd see a race, Barry Roubaix, and uh -huh. then two, three weeks, two, three weeks on either side, there was nothing. So you'd yeah. be like, Barry's coming, Barry's coming. Now it's like, okay, Barry's, you got Melting Man, you got Dirty 30, then you got Barry, then you got 12 other races. You know, it's it's crazy. If you're a mountain biker, you can travel 
all over the lower peninsula below the Mackinac Bridge, all the way down to where I'm at and do time trials, cross country, hundred milers. It's yeah, just awesome. it's it's really cool, like what's happening. And I uh, try to um, couple it with like a, a family trip. <laughs> you know, it's just like, yeah, yeah. A bike. Okay, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> We're a five-hour excruciating endurance plus my family. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Don't talk to me till after. <laughs> Maybe two days. Yeah. I remember. So, yeah. I remember from a family perspective. I did a I did a thirty-mile mountain bike race up in um, this kind of. So I don't know if you just Google it on your own to Gaylord Grayling area. So you're it's three hours, three and a half hours north of here, about an hour from the Mackinac Bridge. You know, closer. Where's to the, the Mackinac Peninsula. Bridge? Is that Mackinac, like in Detroit? Uh, no, 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 no. Um, connecting the Upper Peninsula and the Lower Peninsula. So you take I-75 oh. and go north, and it takes runs you right up to the bridge. So a map, oh, okay. when you're looking at a map, you'll get it. But anyway, I was up there, and it um, was a 30-mile race, and it was raining at the finish. And this is about the family. I took my family with, right? Got a hotel with a pool. I got twin daughters. Yeah, they're, cool. they're 10, cool. 12 years old at the time. My wife's with. And uh, there they are. They're at the finish. It's raining out and they're yeah. under these, this, these huge golf umbrellas, like the ones where you not a drop hits you. Yeah. And as I got close enough to where, um, where they could hear me, they're like, yeah, good job, daddy. And I rode past, right. Cause I wasn't going to try to actually physically stop and maybe cause a traffic jam. They're like, yeah. yay, good job, daddy. And when I stopped and turned around, they had already walked to the truck. They were like, <laughs> we'll see you like we're gonna we're gonna go be dry we'll we'll, we'll talk at dinner or whatever. <laughs> like, hey. yeah. they're like daddy you're my hero i'm out of here i need to get you know <laughs> I need to be dry. Yeah. yeah yeah good job dad so anyway <laughs> got the picture and yeah. like okay we'll see you later hmm. <laughs> let you clean up and uh yeah we'll meet you for something to eat well let me give props you see this right here yeah, if, for those that? who are only going to let so the the actual like this uh this image is created mm -hmm. by one of my daughters. It's very Oh, very gifted. Cool. Yeah, she's very gifted with design. She doesn't do it for uh, her main employment, but she does it on the side for us for the nonprofit. It's kind of her way of contributing and she mm -hmm. so yeah, I mean she's super cool about that too and then they both volunteer and I both give them like uh, I give both of them like the the trustworthy assignments that you need to have like Right. Someone that you, you know, it's like, here's a major intersection that 5,000 cars go past. I'm going to have you marshal that area. Right. Like, mm -hmm. you're not going to give it to just Joe Schmo that, you know, yeah, yeah, that volunteered. So yeah, my kids are great. My wife is a super duper awesome person that supports <laughs> behind Pops every, behind wife. every guy that's doing a podcast is a woman who puts up with him. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she God bless her heart. <laughs> I know. God bless my husband's heart. God damn. He's been there tons of times. And and you know, kudos I when he chooses to do an event, we're always supporting each other. So tell me about the Custer's last stand, the mountain bike time trial. How long has yeah. that been around? Uh since 2018. Okay. So, so little... this year will be year six. Yeah, it was around for a couple of years before we started Fast Fitty. Um, okay. And being, uh, and the story behind that is, um, obviously I shared with you kind of that moment back in 2017, mm -hmm. right? And 
I started to talk, I started to just network. I mean, that's like as an extroverted person talking to strangers, talking to, I mean, anything that I can do to, to try to accomplish a goal I'll mm-hmm. do. So I'm talking to these people that are like local to Battle Creek, but I really don't know them. And I got yeah. hooked up with a, uh, I got hooked up with a couple of pretty serious um, Ironman triathletes um, that were also kind of like a conduit between me and like mountain bikers in the area. Mm-hmm. And they said, do you know what I, they said, do you know what I'm hearing? They said, I'm hearing that a time trial, because there's already a cross country uh, mass start race at Fort Custer. Uh, in May oh, every year. Fort yeah. And Custer, I'm really good. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's called the uh, Fort Custer stampede. And that race has been in existence, I think 23, maybe 24 years. That's wow. a long running race. Yeah. And um, matter of fact, I just talked to the president of that organization a couple of weeks ago about what mm-hmm. 2023's race is going to look like. So already have a mass start race. We should bring back a time trial. So what I learned was there was a time and a place back in late nineties into the early two thousands where there was a time trial put on by an organization whose name I can't even remember. And they did it. And I thought it was from what I was gathering, it was wildly popular. People loved the course. It was like, you did one lap and it was like 13 miles or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was, they said it was well done. The course was well marked. It was a really, and then they, it just disappeared. It just vanished. Mm -hmm. And so then there's this gap of like 10 years where there's no time trial. People are like, got to bring back the time trial, got to bring back the time trial. And so when I'm talking to these guys that I referred to earlier, they're like, if you're going to do a mountain bike race, dude, do the time trial, bring it back. People want it. Do it correctly. Is it the same course? I don't think, I would say uh, I'm probably using parts of it. I don't know the old course, that 13 mile loop, but you have, you only have, uh, I shouldn't say only, but I think you have 22 or 24 total miles of trails on four different trail systems that mm. sometimes, you know, cross cross paths with each other. Yeah. Um, but I put together, I want to name drop because I brought up Alan earlier, who's super helpful. And my friend, Jay Bridgman, um, Jay is one of the guys that I met through just networking. So I'm at another mountain bike time trial in early 2018, uh, the Yankee Springs time trial, which is the, I think it's the long, I'm pretty sure it's the longest running bike race, right? So not a type of race, bike right. race in Michigan. This is going to be year 33 or something. Oh, wow. like 19- so that's probably the same age as like Barry Roubaix because they've been around for like 30 years, hasn't it? No, no, something no, 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 like no. That? Barry Roubaix is like 2008. 20? Oh, no, okay. No, Barry Roubaix is like 2008. Yeah. But it, don't get me wrong. It was the first gravel road race in Michigan right. that I know of. Yeah. yeah. But, um. So I'm at this Yankee Springs time trial and I meet Jay and uh, the guy that I'm with, Charles, tells me, hey, this is JJ, this is Dale, you guys should talk. So we do. And then (laughs) three, four months later, and as Sylvia, as you're talking to me, you're like, I can imagine how long that conversation was, was probably, no, I'm just kidding. It was probably, so we, we end up July 4th weekend of 2018, we're at Fort Custer, it's hot. There's no, I mean, there's not a cloud in the sky and we're out doing recon and we're riding and we're riding and we're riding. And then it wasn't like any major thing of frustration or something or, but, or any epiphany happened, but we were just kind of sitting there. And then Jay looks at me and he goes, I've got it. 
And I said, you got what? He goes, I've got the whole course right now in my head. I know what we need to do. Follow me. So we had already ridden like 11 miles. And then we go ride like nine more because the course is nine miles. He's like, follow me. He goes, okay, we'll start here and just tell me what you think. And we rode it. It's nine miles. And it's from a time trial perspective, for me personally, can't be 100% single track. You got to have some wide open areas for passing and for yeah, hammering. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's got to be this beautiful mixture. You got to have some climbing. It can't be flat and it can't be yeah. all climbing because then you'll right. just discourage people that don't want to climb and descend all day. Right. And um, we went out, we put a 9.3 or 9.0 mile course together. Jay did. I give him credit for it. It's a great course. We've been complimented on that course many times in five we did we just did the fifth year in october we'll be doing the sixth year uh sixth annual this october um so that's how it came into existence and um that's uh that that one's growing as well um it's a little bit more diff you know it's a little bit more difficult to get huge numbers for me the time mm -hmm. of the year that i do it and i ha had so many things that i had to um, consider, and I'm not saying this negatively, but when I started working with Fort Custer Recreation, so it's that whole, the whole recreation area is owned by the state of Michigan. So now you're dealing with a government entity, yeah. right? So there's nothing that just gets done whimsically. There's a form for right. everything. There's a this, there's a that. And one of the things that they said to me was, well, you already have a mountain bike race here in May. I'm not, and he's like, I'm not going to let you do it in June, July, or August. He's Why? like, I got, you know, that's full blown camping season. This place is thriving with people. And I just, the recreational people just want to use the trails. Right. So oh, you're not doing it then. Yeah, I guess. That yeah. took me to September and October. And October right. looked to be, and I so I started thinking, are you familiar, Sylvie, with Iceman? You heard of it, I'm sure. No, right? but I've heard of it. You need to connect so me Iceman, with that guy or whoever. I'll organized mention it. it. Yeah, I'll mention it right now. And then I can hook you up. Um, I can give more detail if you want, but so Iceman's the first Saturday in November. So then I'm thinking oh. to myself, I'm the first Saturday in October and I'll spin it that way. I mean, it's not like you yeah. have to believe that, but I'm like, if you're training for Iceman, which that's another four or 5,000 racer participation every year, I think they cap it at 4,000 or 4,500. Um, I said, come on out and do a, do a hard two lap, nine miles, nine um, to be 18 miles for two laps about a thousand feet of climbing and you can go full gas and see how your condition is come on out and the money goes to a great cause right and so far i mean we're, we're approaching i think we we're just under 200 people last year um but i started with like 110 and then covid wow. and uh mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm i think we're we're growing that one as well nice wow so yeah that's awesome. Now, what else can you tell us about uh, your events that you would want everybody to know before we kind of, because you've got the Fast Fitty and we got Custer's Last Stand. Um, yeah. What can you tell us, Dale, that we could, uh, that our listeners would need to know before we sign off? Okay. But I think we've got, I think we've touched on everything. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. I think it's been good. Um, yeah. Fast food oh. this year. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Maybe where they can find each one of these, like the socials for each one. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Oh, I'm going to answer the first question though before okay. I lose it. I, can I know do the I got social like part and after. this and that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not taking notes. Uh, so 2023 is the first year that FastFitty is a member or participating in the Michigan Gravel Race Series. So if you oh. are involved in the Michigan Gravel Race Series and you're looking for a race around the Charlotte Lansing area, and mm -hmm. it is on August 19th, a third Saturday in August, um, the money is going to go to a great cause. Um, it is held at the Alive uh, facility in Charlotte, and I'm not going to go into, they're great to work with, but I'm not going to mm -hmm. go into detail about that, but I'll say this, um, it's like a five-star luxury YMCA is what the Alive is. That's how I would describe it. Oh, and okay. So it's if you want to have okay. a very like nice camping experience, experience camp, um, <laughs> a hot shower with all the amenities, a nice locker room, nice clean bathrooms, there's a juice bar inside of there if you want to get a smoothie. That we sounds do... like a road trip for the family to me. If anybody's trying to convince somebody to go um, uh, participate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so just they, saying. It's, yeah. It's, um, <laughs> and so that's the, it's, we are a Michigan gravel race series. Um, you mentioned Matt Acker earlier. He's been great yeah. to work with. We're, we're excited to see um, what the increase in registration will be. Uh, perhaps as a result of joining. Um, and so we're very excited about that. We're also going to be a, we also are a premier race for the I Love Gravel Racing Series <gasps> that Donnie and Pamela Harper have started. Excellent. I was going to ask if that, if you were participating in that as well, because so is so, my event. That's fantastic. I think. I know you have to get extra points to come into Canada, everyone. Yeah. Yeah, so I would encourage um, people to, so now let's do social, um, yeah. you know, at Fast Fitty Gravel Race on Facebook. That's at Fast Fitty Gravel Race, all lowercase on Facebook and Race Fast Fitty on Instagram. And there is also fastfitty.org, it's our website give you all the information that you want to know about the race and you obviously can click on the registration button takes you to the registration page <laughs> don't forget to do that while you're there. <laughs> don't forget to do that <laughs> putting I in a plug people right, could probably donate too if they want they can absolutely donate yeah if they don't want to race that's that's totally cool um there's also join the fight mi so join the fight all lowercase mi for the two first letters of michigan mi.org join the fight mi.org is our uh, nonprofit uh, website and then there is um when you go to join the fight mi.org you can click either way go to fast fit or custer's last stand you can go to okay, either page perfect. you can go to either website um and you can i don't have registration open for custer's yet uh, that's not till july 1st and my focus is primarily fast fitty here with you today, but um, so yeah, there's that. And then, um, so we're a premier race for I Love Gravel Race series. And I would encourage everybody that's listening, you know, go out, um, find, I don't have, honestly, Sylvia, I don't have Pamela's information in front of me, but. Oh, if I you can look add for, it. Yeah, yeah I Love it. Gravel Racing is easy to find on Facebook. And from there you can find Bike Reg and you can yeah. join the series. 
And um, they got some really, really cool gift ideas that I'm seeing. And, um, and then from a Michigan gravel race series perspective, uh, you know, I, I want to just say again, Matt, if you hear this, you've been really cool to work with. You've been good to me. Um, and I really encourage people to join that race series as well. I think it's very cost effective if you're going to do multiple races. And I think, you know, it just, it incur it, it just really entices you and kind of gives you that reason to do, you know, more races and mm -hmm. check out more races. So, mm. um, you know, I'm in August in Michigan, so it's a, it's a warm weather day every day. It's in the eighties. It's sunny, um, but also the gravel road, you know, all of the grading, all of the road construction, all that stuff's usually done by August. So you just have really well-packed gravel. There's, it's like any gravel course, there's going to be a little bit of potholes, a little bit of washboard, but for the most part, the gravel's in really good shape. And um, I've got, from a Michigan gravel race perspective, I've got the mini, I've got the short, and I've got the long. So if you've joined any right. of those three series, you know, I have a race for you. The only one that I don't have is ultra. Maybe That's I should okay. say I don't have it yet. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes yeah. it's better that, you know, you're good with what you're doing well with, like, at, you know, like right now. Um, if Message people aren't received. asking, you know, because... Uh, that's a whole other ball game is like adding something that's much longer um in a race you know it's just it's more time consuming for you really It'll make my day out. longer mm -hmm. yeah you got to start them earlier they're going to come yeah, in later you got to keep track of i mean yeah their timing company's going to be there longer i mean there's 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 a mm -hmm. lot of moving parts beyond just me yeah. and my team Mm -hmm. Yeah. So sometimes those nice little short races and you can really focus on the festival type of community around it. I think, you know, and you just leave those for the longer ones. Yeah. Which everybody can use your event to prep for those. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what I think. So yeah. I'm going to have a pretty cool rockin' beer garden um, at Fast oh. Fitting again. Um, I bought the beer last year and let everybody drink for free. A few people came up specifically and they were like, that's really cool that you did that Dale. Like, you know, we're used to buying it, right? Like people bring mm -hmm. cash and they're expecting to buy food and beer and apparel and mm -hmm. whatever. And they, I've heard things like your apparel is very reasonably priced. I don't know. They, some people say, I don't know why you don't charge more, you know, because to them, they're like, it's more money for your cause. And I'm like, ah, you know, I'm just, you're it's like, just I'm a making thing. a lot already, so don't worry about it. <laughs> a $20 t-shirt is, I mean, like, you shouldn't have to spend 30 I mean, that's just my own personal opinion. But... Well, it's kind of nice when it's reasonably priced, because then people are just going to buy more, too. Yeah. And I right think. now, you from now until March 31st, because I, so I've extended the registration process, uh, the registration time period for Fast Fitty a lot longer than the previous mm -hmm. three years. So I only had like, I, I think I had it open for four months, which I, in yeah. my, just as a, as a race director, who's done races, I thought that's plenty of time. I can still increase think. it and entice you to sign up early. If you mm -hmm. want to pay more, that's your thing. It's more money for me. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful about that, but you can pay 35, you can pay 75 for the same race. It's up to you. I'm encouraging you to pay 35 and just lock it in, especially yeah. if you're in one of these series. So mm -hmm. right now until March 31st, you they're the lowest prices for fast fitting. I mean, you can do the shorty course for $25 and I'm buying That's your awesome. beer. 
So, I mean, come on, folks. What are you? It's a, it's a fun way to <laughs> get What are you out. waiting for? And you can stay at the high end KO. It's not KOA. It's a. Alive. It's a, alive. Alive yeah. campground. So that's where the family is going to stay while you're participating. Think no, it's not. It's a, I described it as a five star luxurious YMCA. It's actually a workout facility. What? The Alive. Yeah, it's a workout facility. I kid you not. It's a, it's a health, it's like a, a mega health spa. Oh, I thought and you I'm, said I'm saying like that comp, I'm saying that as a compliment like, to them. I thought no, you said there's no, 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 no. there. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. You said camping. You said camping. Oh. And I might have just said, yeah, and then kept on with my <laughs> sentence. I'm guilty. I'll just okay. charge myself. <laughs> Forget but, uh, everything we said about a live being a camping resort. Because I was no. like, yeah, camping, like I'll bring the family. It's a five-star, blah, blah, blah. No, <laughs> okay. I'll put in a plug. No there is a Holiday Inn Express in oh. <laughs> Charlotte, and I would recommend uh, I'd recommend staying there. And there is a campground um, in Charlotte as well that other people stayed at, too. And they said that that was a, a perfectly good experience. Um, Perfect. There and, we go. Uh, from okay, a live, good. There's camping. But, but let me speak to your female listeners for a second, because okay. this is a lot of the feedback I got last year. They okay. came up to me and they said, thank you so much, right, for like figuring out how to host the event here. Like the bathrooms oh. are clean, they're private, the, the, the bat, you know, I can take a hot oh. shower. It was awesome. Mm. A lot of people show up at gravel races and go, well, I'm either going to do what I call a nature change, hope nobody's <laughs> looking, right? And here we go, zip, zip, back into regular clothes, or they just put other clothes on they're over there racing stuff and i'm like Ooh. go in and take a hot shower and they, you know they're they're carrying shaving kits and bath bags and towels and you know everybody went in there like that was awesome i'm like three hours in the saddle on a hot dusty august day take a hot shower come out have free beer and good food i mean that's yeah that's okay. part of fast fitty so i got it all right yeah. perfect well i think that should have enticed a couple more people to sign up so I hope our listeners have enjoyed this episode with Dale and the Fast Fitty and put it on your race calendar and actually just go in and check out more of the races that are associated with the I Love Gravel Race Series and the um, the uh, Matt's uh, Gravel Michigan Gravel Race Series. Mich Michigan Gravel Race Series. So there's two that you can go in, you can gain points for. So if you're mm -hmm. participating in gravel or mountain biking races in that region, or even in Canada, because one of them is in Canada, that's mine, um, you should be part of that. So you can gain points and possibly like win some really cool prizes. Mm -hmm. Why not? Right? Like, I think um, uh, it's cost like $15 for the I Love Gravel series to be part of that. And I'm not sure about the other one, but check into both of them. Uh, because if you're looking at doing, you know, probably like four races or whatever uh, this summer, you could benefit somehow extra. So, and uh, put Fast Fitty on there as well. So thanks a lot, Dale. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and our YouTube channel. So it's been a pleasure, Dale. It has been a pleasure too. And happy Friday once again. And thanks to everybody who took the time to listen. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a great one. Bye.
Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.